Okay, hey everyone. Uh, it's been a while since I've recorded slash posted a podcast. Um, as some of you may know, I graduated from university, um, and now I work full-time at a weed store, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, so basically, I work a 12-hour-a-day kind of shift. Um, my whole life is selling people weed. It is really boring. Um, like, I like my job, but it's boring. But anyway, I haven't had a lot of time to put towards projects, but... Also, on the weekend, this past Sunday, I got hit by a car, so I got some time off, so now I can record podcasts. So t- today, here I have with me, it's Vi. Yay, remember yeah. me? Fuck Bill Murray. That's who Vi is. That, that needed episode, a refresher on the last time. That episode was a mess. It was something. A lot of people have commented on it and been like, yeah, I'm listening to episodes, and like, the one with Vi is like, it was a thing. Like, some people were like, I had to take a little break after this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's accurate. Oh, perfect. I, I strive to make people require breaks before mm-hmm. long, strenuous activities. Yes. Like, you gotta sit down <clears throat> for a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, welcome to the discourse, everyone. Uh, it's a show where we apply critical theory to things that do not need critical theory applied, applied to them. Almost nailed it. Almost. Awesome. Yeah. Do you want to remind people who you are? Hi. My name is Vi. That's Vi. I use they, them, their pronouns. Sweet. Uh, fuck Bill Murray. Fuck Bill Murray. Fuck Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, you know, do you ever find it, like, Interesting, 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 the fact that, like, um, you say it doesn't require critical theory, but, like, usually everything is things that already have critical theory applied to them. Well, yeah, because, like, per, like I, I get my rocks off on just, like, overanalyzing things that do not need to... I shouldn't have probably said the word get your rocks off. Like, that was a weird word choice. This is, um, <laughs> this is now restricted on iTunes. Children can't buy it. It's, well, okay, the time where we said fuck Bill Murray wasn't enough to get it restricted on iTunes. At Bill Murray, fuck you. <laughs> At Bill Murray. We should start a campaign, like a Twitter campaign, where we just send fuck you to Bill Murray, like, over and over and over again. I, I don't know. I, I prefer... Um, we're already off topic. I prefer... <laughs> we, haven't, um, we haven't even had a topic yet. I prefer the Need Me Afraid, like Alanis Morissette. Oh, yes. God. Yes. <laughs> I still want that on a show. Alanis. Um, yeah, let's, let's let people know what our topic is today. <laughs> Uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about college slash university. College versity. Una college. Universicology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, who else is qualified to talk about that than two art majors? Yay! <laughs> uh, if y'all don't know, I study classical voice and composition, and Rose was a piece of shit Emily Carr. I was an Emily Carr piece of shit. I did illustration there for uh, too long, and I hated it. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Okay. Maybe hate is too strong a word. I strongly disliked most it's, of it. It's university slash college, so it's like, you hate it and love it at the same time, but mm-hmm. you also hate it. Yeah. Most of it is like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Why I know is this the thing I've decided to do with my life? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're doing eight classes this semester, Yeah. Right? I'm currently in eight classes. That's fucked up. Um, that's pretty fucked up. That's the, uh, not, that's the requirement for graduating on time, I would say. Oh, Jesus. Um, that's what, like, that's what's <clears> actually required? Well, I mean, like, I'm in full-time school, so... Part-time would be anything less than those hours, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No, I think part-time would be considered, like, not full credits. I have no Jesus. fucking idea. It, either way, I'm in eight classes. I'm thankful that it's relatively cheap, but it's also, like, who has emotional capacity for anything? I mean, the emotional energy it's costing you is not cheap whatsoever. And physical. I had depression phys- slept through one of my classes this morning. As you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That's the thing I remember about university lo- long ago like, several months ago, was just the, like, not having any desire to go do it, but, like, the penalties for if you don't do it are so high. Does your school take attendance? Because mine did. Only a few classes do. Ugh. And they say, like, if you miss three, then you're, like, kicked out, but honestly, like, that never happens. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, Like, if you... Okay, the fucked up thing about Emily Carr is that every teacher was supposed to take attendance. So if you emailed a teacher and said, hey, I'm not going to be at this class... They, like, you only get three chances to do that. But if you just don't show up to classes, they don't count it as, like, not us missing the class. So if you what? were irresponsible and just didn't come to class, you could miss as many as you wanted and still be in the class. What? If you communicated with the teacher, they're like, you can't keep doing this. And then you'd be out of classes you could miss. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> I hated it so much. <laughs> I think it's really interesting, because, like, I'm diving right, in, right into the critical theory. Mm-hmm. Um, the quote-unquote praxis involved in academia as a whole, especially, like, art-based ones. Because, like, I know, for example, a friend of mine who majored in musical theater, mm-hmm. they were taking 14 classes. Jeez. Yeah. Um, that was, like, full load and dance classes. 
and also singing and acting. <clears throat> and oh. especially with like the arts, I feel a lot of people uh, underestimate how intense it is. Right. Because not only do we have the emotional labor of having to deal with like tests and, and tests and whatnot. I had two midterms. Mm -hmm. uh, one was like two days ago, uh, and it's almost the end of the semester. But also the fact is like there's a real physical toll too because yeah. like the people like as obvious because like you know emotions and your body are somehow connected we don't know science just doesn't know science uh, explain but um hey science side of podcasts explain <laughs> please um, you get on like fucking radiotopia or whatever and they can explain it to me yo how do you how do how do bodies work in emotions anyways yeah whatever. so like i know a lot of people <clears throat> Especially dudes. Mm -hmm. I'm, in a, I'm in the program with a lot of emotionally stunted dudes because it's mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a few of them who've punched walls. Someone's Yikes. broken the walls of one of them, actually, actually broken a wall. Oh Some God. people have just like punched walls and they yell fuck a lot. And I'm always like, can you not? Oh, but also like, if it makes bros or even just like dudes who don't have any problems freak the fuck out like that and not to imply that they have no problems but like you know what I mean like, not, not like giant structural <clears throat> cultural problems yeah exactly they don't have anything culturally against them maybe like a few like the fact of being male or the fact of being like someone who's fatter or even like potentially mm. like something else but they still freak the fuck out yeah and it's still not even a full university like I go to a college and like not everyone's taking the full class load mm -hmm. and it still does that to people well yeah I think there's this myth that like if you're in the arts or whatever, or if you're in college or whatever, mm -hmm. it's like, it's less hard, so it's less stressful, but I mm -hmm. think it's just challenging in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think what people misunderstand about how damaging art programs can be specifically is that you are, your passion in life, the thing you love, your hobby, the thing that you're supposed to do on your downtime, has now become your course load. And all of your energy has to go towards making art for other people, and it's this thing that you know, was supposed to be for you and was supposed to make you feel good. And now it's this thing that you get graded on. Uh -huh. And it's all the work you have to do. And then you have people telling you outside of class, like, if you're not drawing every day for yourself, you're a piece of shit artist and you're not good enough and you're never going to yeah. progress. And it's like, I don't even want to do the drawings I'm required to do. And now I have to go and convince myself to do the art that I don't have to do or else I'm not going to expand as an artist. Like, that's a whole side of the, like, labor involved in... Like, the emotional toll that these programs can take on you. Yeah, and I, like, I know people who, they work so fucking hard that, mm -hmm. like, they can't play piano for the rest of the, like, semester, and that's their fucking major. Mm -hmm. Me, <clears throat> I'm on the tail end of a sickness now that only got worse because of that kind of uh, mm -hmm. stress. And, like, just branching off from, like, art academia, art academia for a second and going to actual, actual academia, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. and that's another thing we can talk about, is that... They are also put under similar pressures of, uh, as us, uh, as non-art people, but it's under such weird and, like, s I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I would say, for example, a, uh, an institution like UBC mm -hmm. is super... What's the word? That's not a word. I'm thinking of abscious. Abs that's abs not a word. No, it's not it a word. It sounds like it's a word. It sounds like a Judith Butler word. I feel like I could make up a word, though. It's very bequeathment <laughs> about... Unbequeathed. Unbequeathed. I feel like that is a word. Okay, so UBC is very unbequeathed when it comes to its students. I'm right. using that word. Okay, and like, fact, do you mean like UBC doesn't give a shit about their students? No, exactly. And I think like, yeah. that's another thing where like there's a myth that also college cares. Right, which is Because in high school, there's either like university university professors or college prof professors won't let you... Get away with bullshit. Get away with this or get away with that. But also like, you know, institutions care more than they high school. They care about like, you. No, they fucking don't. Look at UBC. They let black people get assaulted all the time. Yep. There's that shit that happened like a few years ago with the sick man getting attacked yep. and having his turban ripped off. Yeah. Queer people was, get assaulted. Yeah, there was like a huge like on-campus rape problem at and, UBC. Yeah, and there's still the men's rights groups. Yeah, and fucking anti-Semitic groups that happen at UBC. And yeah, stuff, like, and that's present in like I think every fucking campus across yeah. like the lower mainland. I'm not going to make the assumptions of other places despite right. knowing about that, but it's like... How, how are you going to tell us that these institutions care about us when clearly they don't? Yeah, like, it took my school, like, weeks after the snow to actually put on ice. Uh, or, like, put on, like, salt, ice salt. Right. Uh, and also, a few weeks ago, some dude was putting up, like, anti-immigrant, like, far-right posters oh, in our cafeteria. Right. And, like, institutions don't give a fuck. Right. It's kind of like, I mean, it's more complicated in the States, where in America, they their universities, the public universities, you can't tell anyone not to show up. Mm -hmm. So, like... When it came to Milo visiting Seattle, mm -hmm. uh, UW Seattle, 
Uh, I know a lot of people I know who are like staff there. They said they couldn't really see the president stopping it, which is fair. But then you get shit like at a far right dude shooting someone. Yeah. You get shit like um, bomb threats at Carlton, mm-hmm. and you get all these things that are you know right totally unaccounted for. Because a university won't take a stand. Well, yeah. And, like, I mean, that's one thing in the States when you have public universities. But what about, like, in Canada where basically it's all private? Basically, like, um, every university in college. Well, not – there are some, I guess, publicly funded colleges or whatever. But, like, if we're paying so much money to be a part of an institution and that institution has no vested interest in taking our needs and concerns seriously, like, then what the fuck? Like, yeah. Especially, like – I think the one thing my university did mental health-wise is they had fucking dogs come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, hard as that, too. There's, like, the longest wait ever. It's like, I love to see some puppies. There wasn't really a wait for us, but it's more like there was that, and that was was organized by the actual student union, Mm -hmm. um, who barely have any power anywhere. Fuck. Uh, They also do pub nights, but it's also a thing where it's like, that's the student union. What the fuck is the actual university doing? Can we talk about drinking culture surrounding universities for a quick second? Like, I know I've talked a lot on the show about drinking culture and queer culture and how they combine, but, like, if you amplify that by the stress and, like, pressure to binge drink in university, it's, like, a great path to being, like, a person with some, you know, access to unlimited alcohol and people who will validate you in drinking a lot. Most of the socializing that happens in university happens around alcohol. Mm-hmm. And you're already super stressed out. Like, in second year, when I was doing, like, an 18-credit course load, I was going through a breakup, and one of my friends back home had committed suicide. I literally coped by, like, going to work, going to school nonstop, always working on things during the week, and then getting shit-faced on the weekend to, like, blow off some steam, recovering from my hangover, and then getting back at it. It was, like, this horrible, horrible cycle Mm. that, like, that institution is, like, great for because there are no other ways to, like, healthily cope. Healthily? That's not a word. Whatever. Cope with being fucked over by your school. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like there's a difference between queer culture and drinking because queer culture and drinking have gone hand in hand because queer liberation spaces have existed in pubs. As opposed to universities, where it's entirely based off of stress, and it's entirely based off of, hey, you're suffering through this also. Let's drink. Let's get fucked up together to socialize and bond. Yeah, and it's like... Oh, that might be one of the other cats. Hang on, I'm going to check the door. So while Rose uh, talks to cats, I'm just going to quickly talk about the fact that... Yeah, no, I'm just going to keep going, because, you know, can't stop, won't stop. There's... Actually, yeah, no, can't stop, won't stop is a very big... um, Cat's name is Francis, y'all. That's fucking adorable. Um, sorry, this is cat break. It's not fine. I don't actually know if that's that cat's name. They just kind of started showing up in my house, and I figured I had to name them eventually. Eventually. You might as well just name them either Francis or, like, Lust. Well, I named him Francis because he had a mustache, and I was like, that works. But you could have named them after these cats. Anyway, so, like, the whole idea of, like, can't stop, won't stop. I yeah. don't know if, like... I don't know if you've seen the memes lately about... Um, the fucking student athletes. The student athletes. I love those. I love those. But then it's also like you think, you're like, what is up with people like that? And yeah. you realize they can't stop because they won't stop. <laughs> because can't they stop, can't stop, stop because there's this idea that like if you stop doing anything for a while, if you for music, if you don't stop gigging, if you don't yeah. stop always doing this shit and always refining your craft, you're not going to get better. And like you said, like yeah. always doing your art, you're not going to get better. But like, what does that lead? That leads to like people literally crashing and burning or people literally killing themselves and all these kind of literal problems that are from the fact that there's no framework for actually helping students in most universities. Well, I think what it is, like, what this kind of comes down to is, like, in a post-capitalist world, or not, like, a late capitalist world, sorry. Post-capitalist, my dream. my ideologies mixed up. Um, You basically are never supposed to have leisure time. Yeah. You're never supposed to be doing anything that is enjoyable. And I feel like this has kind of come through a lot through social media and, like, where we're supposed to... We see people who are just always honing their craft. They're always getting better. They're always doing shit. Like, they've always got one more gig or one more show or one more thing, and you're constantly seeing your peers just, like, how are they doing this? Like, how are they so good at pushing themselves and never stopping? And you're, you're seeing this, like, window into their lives of them never stopping and never burning out, and it makes you feel like shit if you need to take a day off. Yeah. And then you don't realize that, you know, they're also dying on the inside. Right, because nobody's, like, real problems are projected through social media, because, you know... Unless you're me. Unless you. I am honest, and my (laughs) Tumblr is a diary. Yeah. Um, 
Basically, yeah, I know, but it's also the it's the fact that shit. What was I gonna go with this? Fuck. Uh, I was. Oh yeah, there is the idea that like you like you said, there's no leisure time available, mm-hmm. and if you dare to take leisure time, you're being selfish. Yeah. Or like you're going to not succeed. Right. When a lot of the fact that like a lot of the fact a lot of the people who do succeed in things aren't because they're good, mm-hmm. but because they know people or they've slept right. with people or they've donated money. I mean, look at fucking Betsy DeVos. Like, motherfucker, like, billion dollars Republican campaign. She's useless. She's, like, Minister of Education now. Or, like, various people in the Canadian landscape. They just, like, pay off politicians, become a politician, or their father was a politician. Cough, cough, Justin Trudeau. Um, Where there's this underlying nepotism Mm -hmm. in this idea that, you know, if you're not doing work constantly, then you're not benefiting society or benefiting right. yourself. And even your le- if you're creative, like, even your leisure time has to be work. Like, yeah. so many times I'm like, I just want to draw, and then I have this pressing idea in the back of my head, like, if you draw this, you can make prints out of it, or stickers, and sell them online for profit, and blah, 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 and you yeah. need to always be doing that. And sometimes I'm like, damn, self, chill, just draw a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Same with making, like, I don't know... <sighs> So my major is, like, classical voice, meaning mm-hmm. I'm, like, training to be an opera singer, I guess, mm-hmm. or, like, a classical singer, and just, I don't necessarily think it's a thing that is super applicable to us, because a lot of people don't really find value in classical music, but there's still that idea that, like, if you're not always working, mm-hmm. then you're not gonna be able to hone your craft in a way that will allow you to live. Right. Because, like, I mean, we're talking in circles right now, but basically it's, like, do thing. Get money. Do more thing. Get money. Never Keep take going. Break. Never, never take break. Never break. Because if you take break, then you are not working Failure. for proletariat. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I know it's awful. Yeah, I mean, part of like what I've been dealing with this week as I'm recovering from this car accident is like, oh, not car accident. I got hit by a car. That's There's a car only accident. One call. That was an accident. Yeah, the car accidentally hit me. Um, the I've been sort of forced onto like bed rest. And it's weird for me because, like, I couldn't really move around my apartment very much, which means I couldn't, like, get up and get my art supplies and do things or whatever. And a lot of the time I was just like, well, I'm sort of stuck in this space right now. I need to just be, like, taking care of myself. And it was like, I am being forced to relax and I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, I'm uncomfortable because I can't be constantly on the go, mm-hmm. constantly doing things constantly making things like oh I need to relax and it literally took me getting hit by a car to get some time off of work yeah and to relax so I don't know what that says about our current culture yeah I mean like I recently was like asked to take a class during the summer and I realized today no mm. no because summer is like one of the only like culturally mandated times for not doing shit in yeah. western society and we don't get to have summers <laughs> after we graduate like, after you're done school, you don't get to have a summer anymore because you're just working all the time. Yep. Like, you don't get that time off. So I think it's super important that when you're in university to just take that time that you have. Like, maybe take one class if you must, but just chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You don't get that opportunity to ever again in your life really to, like, take a few months and be like, I'm just chilling out. Yeah. Okay, so other thing, just talking about universities mm-hmm. not providing shit for their students. So I know a few people who have to find jobs mm-hmm. for school, like mm-hmm. co-op jobs, working in blah, blah, whatnot and whatnot, mm-hmm. and the university doesn't provide any. Awesome. There's only, I know, like, one of my exes uh, goes to Capilano, that's mm-hmm. the word of the university, and they actually do provide, like, potential job placements, but I haven't heard that for any other, like, program based in the arts or based in, like, media, and... On top of school, imagine trying to, like, imagine having to get a job for school, yeah. and they aren't giving you shit, they're not giving you a call oh, position, God. and it's like, it's... Like, go find a job it's where fucking, people are gonna, yeah. like, make you work for free. It's basically. fucking absurd, and Ugh. that's the kind of shit where it's like, with tuition hikes, and I don't know if you've heard recently, but apparently, um, Justin Trudeau and his government, or at least the government of Canada, ruled that bus passes are no longer, like, tax-deductible from school. Oh, no. So those are going to raise in price. That means it's going to be even harder for university students to get around. My tuition's probably going to raise again. And we're not fucking Quebec in BC. We're not going to riot about it. This is going to happen. We don't, like, get out and protest in the same way that, like, there are student movements in Quebec. Yeah. Like, I mean, we have awesome indigenous resistance here. And there's been awesome, like, counter offensives to pipelines and stuff that happened in BC. But like other than that, I feel like we are very disconnected and disenfranchised as young people in BC mm-hmm. and we don't like get out and protest as much. Yeah. 
I think that's also just because he has the disparity in wealth here. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, I don't know, I went to Kitts mm. uh, as a high school. We- weird experience. Yeah, sure. fuck, that was a fucking bunch of rich kids and then me and a few other people who weren't rich. I remember one person was like, I went to the Bahamas for spring break and I'm like, fuck! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's like a situation where like NBC, there is so much weird distribution of wealth mm-hmm. that there is oftentimes like the by the scab. My, it's really itchy right now. Okay. I'm trying to put spit on it so it'll stop being itchy. Okay, and there is the fucking interrupting me mid thought. And it's like, what does that say about VC if the culture that is predominant in media is like California esque but bougier, right? For example, or like tech jobs, well, yeah. or like living in Gastown. And, you know, drinking a fucking pomade or whatever. Or whatever the fuck. Yeah, no, whatever the fuck rich people do. And that kind of... Make fun of poor people. (laughs) Oh, oh, dude. But, like, try to steal their culture. Yeah, and, like, steal the culture of, like, poor and, like, working class people of color. Yeah, and, like, it kind of, like, trickles down where youth grow up here and they see, oh, these are the people who are successful around us. Mm -hmm. We're going to emulate that. And that oftentimes plays into the fact that there's nothing to do here. Yeah. There's nothing to do in the city that really provides to youth. So a lot of people end up really disenfranchised about that kind of shit. Or they become unable to voice their opinions Dis- and efforts. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to grow up in Vancouver for sure. I grew up in Richmond. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's a suburb of Vancouver, if y'all don't know. Yeah. I left for high school because that was garbage. That was even worse. Wow. Um, they say that there's a few things to do in the interior, and that's your boyfriend, uh, drugs, or drink, mm. and I think that's also really accurate in Vancouver and a lot of smaller places, even though there are things here. Yeah. Because student activism here is only really good if you fit a certain um, aesthetic. Right. And that's, like, thin white girl mm-hmm. uh, who... Has tons of time and energy. Tons of energy, tons of friends, mm-hmm. and you're going to you're gonna get a thing into university. Also, speaking of that, what the fuck is up with university admissions? Oh, like you go on a mission? Like admissions. Oh, like, and admission. Oh, like yeah, getting yeah. university admissions based off of like profiles and whatnot. So like oh, yeah. applying to university, getting shit like that. And it's like encouraged are the, oh, sorry, encouraged are the people to attend university that have all that, all those fucking resources available right. to them and all that time. I'm just trying to like put words together, but I'm yeah. too, I'm too well, jazzed like, about this. The people who have the best chance of getting into <clears throat> universities are the people who have the most money, the most time on their hands mm-hmm. to volunteer, who probably are, if they have mental illnesses, they have the resources to deal with them so that they can do outside of things yeah. outside of just being mentally ill. For everybody else, it's like, I'm depressed and shit and whatever. Yeah. And like being a fucking teenager is garbage. Like... I'm so glad I'm not one anymore. Holy shit. Um, but I haven't like, been a teenager in like two, almost three years, and I'm like, bye. I'm doomed. We're adults. I'm an adult. But yeah, I know. It's like um, when college is bad, mm-hmm. you just think back to high school. And you're like, oh. And you're like, holy fuck. Because I'm in eight courses. Yeah. But it's also like, I don't... Theoretically, I could drop out. I'm not going to because I don't have to. Do I don't have the money. I could just not do it. Yeah, but like for example, to. like doing shit like doing math ten, doing math eleven, doing math twelve, getting law, getting all these things so that you can attend to university. Like I, I think I was like literally one or two points off from having an, uh, the grade required to attend a university in Canada for English. Oh my God. Like I think it's like eighty four. Oh. Yeah, it's, like, in Canada, it's, like, either you take an English course in, like, a community college, or you have to have, like, an 80, 84, 85, something like that. Like, a high B or an A in English 12 to get into a university. Well, okay, what I think is so funny is that I was, like, a really, I was a serious student, all things considered. Like, I definitely, like, drank, smoke a lot of weed on the weekends and stuff. But at school, I was, like... I always got good grades in everything, and except for math, because I fucking suck at math. So I always, suck at yeah, math. Yeah. Who is good at math? I don't fucking know. I bet not Bill Murray. <laughs> Fuck Bill Murray. Fuck Bill Murray. Um, yeah, I was. I took school so seriously, and I took my grades in school so seriously, and I never skipped class, and like I was so like you know really committed to it. But then I like got into my first year of university, and I was like, wow. Nothing I did in high school matters. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you fail that class or that even that test. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, literally, the thing about college and university is, like, 
high school is completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. But so is also this shit. Oh, yeah, no. My degree now, now that I'm done university, is kind of like, well, who fucking cares? Like, yeah, like, you probably could. What's gonna be relevant? No, what's gonna be relevant in a year is your ability to suck dick. Suck dick, smoke weed. No, but you know what I mean. It's like, nothing matters. Yeah, especially if you're in the arts, it's, like, all about your connections. So it yeah. doesn't even matter if you fucking went to class in art school. I know so many people who are thriving in the arts world right now. Fucking and like, blood guy. Yeah. No shade to anybody, but, like, I still do know some people that are really, like, they're getting opportunities and they're making connections just because they, like, have the right aesthetic and they're personable in the right ways and, like, yeah. cool and aloof, but also, like, nice and warm enough to the right people. And that's kind of what you need to do. I was recently in a show where uh, it was an awesome show, and, like, I really like the people who run it, but it was, like, every cool person under the age of 25 in Vancouver was there. Yeah. And they were all wearing, like, all denim. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I have to network, but I really don't care about networking. Because, like, I don't... Uh, man, I really... I know that the thing you're supposed to do is, like, make those connections, talk to people, then they'll buy your work, then they'll support you, then they'll be your patrons. But I'm also like, oh, man, I just want to, like chill the fuck out right now i don't care about having an art career at the moment i just want to like save up money go see my best friend in taiwan and like eat a soup dumpling and that's it yeah that's living the life yeah that's what i care about right now and it's like oh man but if i want like jobs in my field i have to be like personable and cool and network and shit and i'm like eh, i mean that's <laughs> another thing that's so good about the internet something yeah. they don't teach you in college also back to college back to the topic, back on topic. um you're not they're trying with my for, with us. It's social media integration. That's cool. Because, like, you can succeed at anything nowadays without actually seeing anyone. Look at Vaporwave. Yeah. Holy fuck. It's not like there were Vaporwave shows. <clears throat> there, were, there were, actually. What? Yeah, no. Like, one of the big names of Vaporwave, uh, Blank Banshee, is here. What? Yeah, they have concerts here. I didn't know this. Yeah, no, this is the thing. Like, Vancouver's actually well-known in the Vaporwave scene. Oh, my scene. God. Let's go do some, like... Let's go do a weird drug and go to a Vaporwave show. Sure. Um, anyways. That's how... What? Yeah, no, but, like, they don't teach you is, like, things are invented on the internet. We're in a new time. We're in literally the fucking future. Yeah. Like, you can go back. Logan's Run was set last year. What? Like, or, like, this year. Oh, yeah. Neon Genesis Evangelion, 2015. That was two years ago. That was two years ago. Get Holy fuck. But Did like, Chinji get in the robot? We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll All we'll know, know is his jeans were so fucking high waisted. Oh, I love them. So I'm so glad. That, I'm so glad that high waisted jeans aren't in. Uh, but it's like they don't. Are. They don't teach you that like this kind of sh that they're they're in with like white girls. Okay, they're in with. Okay, I have some issues with the mom jean. They okay. You know how the mom jean became a thing recently? Yes. And it only really like the only people who it is kind of a good look on are people who are super thin without any curves everyone else it's just not a super flattering thing and it sucks that trends always go that way well like, yeah no it's gonna keep going that way in our society but oh, fuck what was i saying fuck rose we're talking about the internet or something yeah no the internet like literally movements rise and fall the yeah. equivalent of like the punk scene nowadays is like Vapor, or, like, that weird new gabber trap that's happening. The what? The weird new, like, subgenres of, like, trap and rap that are happening. Oh, yeah. That are, like, gabber-influenced almost, just in the way that they do things. I don't know, it's really interesting. But the internet literally makes millionaires now. And it yeah. has been since it was invented, but, it, like, now it's, like, doubly so for art. Like, yeah. back on the Vaporwave track, because holy shit. Like, Vaporwave, Hard Vapor, that kind of shit. It, like... There are top name artists who get fucking like thousands of dollars worth of revenue from that shit. Look at like Macintosh Plus. Yeah, I wonder how much Macintosh Plus made off of their like. She one... makes a lot from what I hear. Yeah. Yeah, she makes a lot just from like ad space because like that shit got popular. Yeah. Well, if you're ever having a weird day and you want to like do some weird shit, you throw on Macintosh Plus and you just kind of like sit in your room and you're like, yeah, this is an aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. It's like the soundtrack to a weird depressive episode. And I yeah, love it. yeah, which is where Simpson Wave came from, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, so subgenre is actually, I want to tie in back to college diversity. College diversity. A lot of the times that like a lot of people end up forming these kinds of like subgenres or like subcultures, mm -hmm. it's because of like this kind of pressure from society and like a lot of pressure from wow i sound like a fucking like first year hey, society society does this society but it's like bad. it's the um it's the result of pressure from like mainstream sources so like mm -hmm. for example the idea that like you need to constantly be making new uh music new art that right. kind of shit always has to be new you can't take anything from the past to make it yourself right. you can't borrow from anyone and then when people are like fuck this fuck the uh, standard of um 
of art set by academia, set by art critics. Mm -hmm. You get shit that's really interesting, like Vaporwave, you get experimental music, you get fucking Dadaism, you get all this shit right. that, like, is revered, mm -hmm. like, decades from the actual period you're in. And a lot of people don't make money off of it, but a lot of people, fucking brilliant artists who make millions of dollars off of things. Mm -hmm. And it's all about being at the right that place at the right time. Right. And that's not even about connections. That's it's just, just like about timing. Get incredibly lucky. <clears throat> yeah. Um, or suck a lot of dick. Or suck a lot of dick. That's gonna be me. That's yeah, that's how you're gonna rise to the top. <laughs> a professor suck actually that suggested dick. that. Yeah. Uh so it works. No, no, no. Try so it was funny. It was funny. I was asking my professor about um topic like random tangent. I asked him about, like, repertoire to sing. He's like, what about the plowboy? And I'm like, what the fuck is the plowboy? What is it about? He's like, well, it's a song about a handsome young lad. I think he used the word strapping. A strapping young lad from the country going to the city and sleeping his way to the top. And I'm like, oh, no. Why would you say about me? And he's like, because you're not nearly as coy as you think. And I'm like, I really hope it's not me, but if it has to be me, I'll do that. <laughs> we all gotta make it. Like, you gotta um, scratch and claw nowadays. Yeah, you know, climb your way up. Yeah. I did wanna, but okay, you said something about, like, how we expect artists to always be making new things, especially musicians. Yeah. It kind of made me think of another thing, which is kind of this weird pet peeve I have, where um, we demand new music from pop artists that are really big, but, like, on a constant basis. A constant basis like, and also, like, a constant same sound. Yeah, well, but, like, when... There was, like, whole issues with people being, like, when's the Frank Ocean album going to come out? Like, people being so upset that it took him a couple of years to produce new music when maybe he just, like, didn't feel like it. Yeah, and, and like, he was living life. Yeah, people did the same thing with Beyonce when it had been, like, over a year and a half since she put out an album, and then people got really upset, and they were like, where's the new Beyonce album? It's taking too long. And it's like, she had a fucking kid. Prince literally put out an album every year he was working. That's fucking wild. He has, like, 32 albums Jesus. out. And, like, <clears throat> being in, like, a 360 contract, you're probably not making a lot of money off of that unless mm -hmm. you're fucking, like, Prince or Rihanna. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, for example, new things that happened. It took Lord four years to make a new song. Right. But, like... And it doesn't sound the same at all. And, and people are like, why is this not Royals Part 2? Why are artists different? Why do artists change? Right. Like, Lord... She was, like, 17 when she put out her first album. Yeah, I'm still and pissed off about that. rose to, like, superstardom. She should be allowed to take a few years to, like, get her life, figure her life out yeah. and figure out who she is now, and then get be able to get back to her creative yeah. process. Yeah, it's like, the people who we allow to do that are people who do not need that time. Yeah. Like, fucking shitty-ass white country boys. Like, yeah, that's where, like, the song fucking... What was that one country song that's like talking about girls, talking, talking about, about trucks, talking yeah. about beer? Oh, I fucking! Know. I don't fucking know what that one is. Messing around, I think. You see <laughs> shit like that come out, or you see shit like Jason Mraz always putting shit out. Well, yeah, it's like why do we expect <clears throat> that artists that are creating amazing works of art for us to consume are going to be constantly on demand and ready to produce more work for us? And also, I think it's really interesting that in capitalism, we feel so much like weird reprieve as consumers where we're yeah. like don't insult the consumer but then they pull shit like you know what happened with lemonade yeah. or what happened with um after beyonce the visual album where people are like when the fuck is the next shit this is so fucking weird like when an artist takes another turn in their yeah. music then or their like, art then they're like how dare you this is not we yeah this isn't what we wanted like i know i know a lot of people were really pissed off about like formation because it was so black oh that's such, such oh. a good fucking song even just from the like point of view of it being a pop song it's amazing yeah and if people are upset about it it's because they're racist yeah no exactly but like using that as an example mm -hmm. where it's because of like uh sy systematic racism as a consumer but then there's shit like even fucking lady gaga i don't really like her that much nowadays mm -hmm. i don't want to like make it like pop into the end but like <laughs> i don't really like her that much nowadays but still people feel this weird need to police her image and police yeah. all these things. I wouldn't mind if she went back to the whole, like, um, Little Monsters, yeah. that kind of shit. She's, like, toning it down a lot more now. Which is, like, her deal. Same thing with Dicky Minaj. Mm -hmm. Like, let her fucking live... Let people live their lives. Okay, that's the thing. When people... When, like, the whole Remy Ma diss track came out and people were like, where's Nikki's response? Where's Nikki's response? Maybe fucking Nicki Minaj is busy and doesn't have time to write, like, a seven-minute-long diss song about a rapper who's, like, not even on her radar of superstardom. Like, I love Remy Ma, don't get me wrong. But, like... I feel like Nikki probably had other shit going on in her life. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to like weigh on this because I'm not black That's and right. I'm not super into hip-hop culture, but I will say it took her a month to put out a response track. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like... 
that's fairly good considering Nicki Minaj is like a superstar and probably had a lot of shit going on. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of like, man, like I don't know. I feel like we expect artists to be so in like on demand, constantly available to produce, available to do things. But like the reality is, this artists tour and they have families and they have friends and they have shit they need to do outside of their careers and stuff. But we expect that they're kind of constantly producing things that we like and want to consume. And it's always going to be exactly what we wanted from them. Yeah. I mean like that also ties back into the whole academia bullshit Yeah, where like being in a non art space, for example, you have to put out like constant dissertations mm -hmm. or you have to do this about your art or this about your field, this about your study mm -hmm. and all this kind of shit has to happen in a really regimented way. Yeah. And I feel like that also, cause you know, universities originally weren't for art yeah so like they like take the regimented idea of like you have to do this like mm -hmm. this this dissertation has to be like this and then they just kind of like opened it up and enveloped the arts in yeah. that and kind cool. of enveloped the rest of society in this idea that like regimented work gets shit done it's how you do things the idea <laughs> of the art school in the west at least is is dead it's bullshit and it's dead yeah because they tried to make the art practice something quantifiable through like academia yeah. and it's not and that's not how the majority of artists work giving someone a two-week timeline to produce a painting when realistically out in the world you're probably not working on that kind of time frame it's a ridiculous notion mm -hmm. that like you have i don't know how is it that like we have created these institutions where you are you have no choice but to produce work within these confines and if you're not able to do so then you're a failure as an artist like that's mm -hmm. some bullshit well, well i mean i mean specifically for the music world i know the berkeley method is being exported a lot out mm. of berkeley i'm pretty sure we use it at my school but like a lot of a lot of institutions like base their work and base their ethics off of big prestigious institutions to try and imitate that and it doesn't work for different environments mm -hmm. well like, you need to have the faculty who can actually support it yeah i'm lucky that my school does yeah but like for example like emily carr wouldn't work in whitehorse no um university of toronto ocad wouldn't work here man if only we were like nearly well i want to idealize ocad because it seems like they have a little bit more of their shit together it's on pencils it's on pencils but like i've talked to people who go to ocad and they seem to have the same problems as me which makes me just conclude that art school in north america or at least canada is bullshit i think all of north america i know people who are art students in um or at least music students in like quebec and uh, Toronto also, and they also are like, this is bullshit. Yeah. I know there isn't really a good program for my field right. in North America for either composition or um, classical voice that isn't heavily tied in with having a lot of money, yep. having a lot of prestige, and working with really prestigious known people. Yeah. Well, I just feel like if you, like, I guess my advice I would give to young aspiring artists who are just getting out of high school or whatever and who are considering post-secondary would just be to, like, Go see if you can do a, a co-op or an apprenticeship if you really feel like you need some structure. And if you don't, just go work independently for a while. Yeah, take some fucking time. Go I have took, some life experiences. I, I took a year um, before really getting to school where I just did shit part-time, like one class a semester. Yeah. And like, that was fine. I'm good. I'm still kind of in hell, but I didn't burn out in the first semester. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Like, I definitely dealt with my burnouts in university. And I, I wish I could have told, like, my young self that ultimately I don't regret going to my school because, you know, it is what it is. Um, mm. And your education is only going to be a small part of your life unless you're one of those people who goes on to get degree after degree after degree. Fuck those people. How can they afford that? I don't know. Some people, well, some people, like, are really comfortable in academia and they live in it and they love it and it's good right point. for them. Yeah, some people are professional yeah. students. But it's like... They exist solely in the world of academia. Um, that's fine. I don't get it. That's cool. But, like, I wish I had told my younger self, like, you're going to be okay if you don't go to school. And there there are options for you out there. Like, my life is the way it is because I did go to school, but I would have been okay if I didn't. Yeah, I I feel like I benefited, benefited a lot from attending college. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I definitely will mm -hmm. continue to benefit because, like, my music is involved. Everything's mm -hmm. gotten better. But still... I don't like wanting to die because, no, yeah. like, li not literally using the word, like, using the words wanting to die isn't, like, a literal thing, but, like, I don't want to deal with so many fucking exams yeah. and having teachers where I like them, and I like working with them, and I like learning under them, but then they, even they admit that they don't want to be able to quantify marks like this, right. and then having to go into an exam where neither of us want to be doing this. Well, it's, it's silly to assign, like, a 
grade point to something as subjective as art like <laughs> or voice especially or... like for for artists themselves you're being like hey yo do shit that you're not comfortable with so we can make other people experience this kind of garbage yep i don't know emily carr really fucked over a lot of profs at my school that i really respect um so i think that's some bullshit but yeah it's fucking silly and i'm, I'm glad i'm done with it like I think at the end it's kind of like, well, no regrets. Like, it is what it is. But ultimately, I'm kind of like, man, mm-hmm. that was a lot of stupid shit that I had to do. Yeah, it was honestly, it's, it's garbage. So just to, like, take a break from talking about this, Bill Murray fact. Okay. Um, did so, you just look up Bill Murray facts? Yeah, I did. Uh, specifically, I looked up Bill uh, Bill Murray piece of shit. And yeah. I come to a Reddit thing. So, Reddit user u slash debt sipowitz said, Jay Moore has an amazing Bill Murray flipping out slash almost beating the shit out of someone's story on his latest podcast. So, www.jaymore.com, the latest episode uh, with Barry Katz started around 1.08? Okay. Last 10 minutes or so of the actual podcast. Jay says he was doing some movie that Murray was directing which apparently never got released. Bill told one of the producers he needed a day off because it was his birthday and his son was coming to see him, and the guy was like, no problem. But then Jay said a few hours later, they were all out by the craft service. The producer came up to Murray and was like, listen, we talked to the line producer about your birthday, and they said you could maybe do a half day. And Bill interrupted him and picked the guy up by his collar, slammed him down on the craft service table, then dragged him all the way down, it screaming, oh, shit, Screaming at him, calling him a little slimy Jew motherfucker, like Joe Pesci in Casino. Then he went behind the stage to have a cigarette. Jay said he walked up to him, and Bill, Bill Murray, calm as a cucumber, said, Hey Jay, you want to use my jet to fly back to LA that weekend? You can use it sometime, if you want. So, moral of the story, fuck Bill Murray. Fuck Bill Murray. Fuck Bill Murray. That, like, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I believe it too. I think he's a human piece of human garbage. Yeah, well, okay, that's another thing about celebrity is, like... Sometimes I think it's weird that we expect celebrities to have the exact same ideological, like, standpoints as we do as, like, people who are very social justice-minded because, I don't know, if you give a person, like, heaps of wealth and status and fame and attention and recognition and then you expect them to be decent people after that who are grounded. I don't think Nicki Minaj is a communist. What? (laughs) Nicki Nicki Minaj Minaj is not a comrade? What? What? (laughs) I think Keanu Reeves might be. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I feel like Keanu Reeves is just, like, way more mysterious than any of us could possibly Did you fucking imagine. hear about the one time someone was like, yeah, no, the internet thinks that you're, like, immortal. And he's like, <laughs> like, whoa, what? That's not true at all. Yeah, his response was, like, the response somebody who's immortal would say if somebody asked if you were immortal. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think he's immortal? Um, yes. I, I also think so. I think it's the most realistic understanding of Keanu Reeves. He doesn't look like he's aged. No. He really he looks like he's maybe aged 10 years, possibly, in his whole career. Have you ever heard of the movie A Man from Earth? No. So it's about this dude who is a Cro-Magnon man. Okay. And he's lived like 10,000 years and hasn't aged due to some weird genetic thing. And then the rest of the movie takes place in his room and he's talking to people. It's entirely based off of dialogue and it's really fucking good. Sounds good. But he's like, yo, y'all, I'm actually a Cro-Magnon man. Here's a rock I killed people with. Let me talk to you about things. Oh, by the way, spoilers, my friend, I'm your dad. Oh. Um, Then he has a heart attack and that's another thing. Um, But it's like, that kind of shit. Like, I don't know. I feel like genetic things may cause that. I think I'm more in line with the idea that uh, Keanu Reeves is actually a vampire. But he's been out in the sun. Do you think maybe... Hold on. Do you think maybe it's like that Buffy thing that happened after, like, in the comics where, like, vampires, like, got superpowers and be able to go out into the sun or just, like... Well, I, I think that our understanding of vampires is, like, our human understanding of them. And we assigned all these, like, arbitrary rules to what vampirism is. And well, we're I mean, like, they can't go in the sun for whatever reason and they hate garlic. And it's like, mm-hmm. we don't know that. I think that there probably are vampires that are just chilling on Earth. Probably. But, like, I mean, we, don't, we don't know their laws. We don't know what they do. That and one think... film with, with uh, Jemaine from... Um... The fucking, uh, The Things We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, The Things We Do in the Shadows. I haven't seen it, but I'd probably love it. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, vampires are Jews. Oh. That's what the majority of, like, vampire discourse was about. Interesting. A lot of it relates to, like, blood libel, where people would be like, the Jews would drink our blood and use it to put on matzahs. I don't know why I'm going for, like, a Polish accent. (laughs) Shitty Polish accent, but, like... 
<clears throat> a lot of a lot of um, mysterious people in Western mythology is actually based off of like Jews right. or Tatars or Turks or Muslims. And I know that uh, the basically like a lot of the witch aesthetic comes out of like oh, witch aesthetic's yeah. all Jews. Yeah. Like you hear that Tumblr witches? You're <laughs> all anti-Semites. You're all anti-Semites. Get your shit together. Um, but yeah, no, I think Keanu Reeves is a vampire who's just been like chilling. And every couple of centuries or whatever, he comes through, gets famous again, and then it's like, oh, maybe Keanu Reeves just accidentally keeps getting famous. I feel like that might be it. Maybe he was like, I want to act one day. And then yeah, he's got famous, he's like, fuck, oh, my cover. Shit, I have to do this again. I have to fake my own death in a few decades or whatever. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is going to have to fake his death eventually. Yeah. I did love the movie John Wick, though. I haven't seen that one. Is that the one where he's like, blah? Maybe. Um, it's the one where he's an assassin who's retired and then someone kills his dog, so he goes back to assassinating. What? Yes. Oh, I want to see this it's movie. It's actually... Okay, if you like action movies, it's everything a good action movie is. But plus a dude who wants revenge from his dog. Yes. It's literally... It's just Keanu Reeves is mad about his dog getting killed and then he goes and kills some people. Nice. And it's very well choreographed fight scenes with like awesome cinematography. And that's literally all I want from an action movie. How many famous people do you think actually went to college? I know not a lot. Not a lot of them didn't. Um, fucking Emma Watson. Oh, her. Yeah. I was like, who? Yeah, fucking Hermione Granger, who's ruining Beauty and the Beast. I know, fucking that dress was so ugly. Okay, can we talk about the dress for a second? <laughs> Good yeah, we lord. Can. Okay, what the fuck is with... Okay, also talking about art versus non-art. What the yeah. fuck is with the art people going and taking away non-art jobs because they think they can do it? Yeah. Like, costume designers are so underrepresented and underrepresented and yeah. so underpaid. Just so, like, a fucking, like, preppy-ass white girl is like, I'm going to take your job. Essentially. Like, then does a horrible job. I want this job. to be looking like this. I want, um, this, I want this dress to look like this, mummy. Well, fucking, okay, so this one costume designer, blogger, um, did a breakdown of what is wrong with the dress yeah. and everything about the dress and why these choices were made. And essentially she says, this dress looks like it was meant to emphasize the fact that Emma Watson is not wearing a corset and it's not Belle's dress, it's Emma's dress. Yeah. Like how selfish can you be to go into like a beloved franchise that has billions of dollars backing it and then to be like, I'm going to make this all about me as the actress, not as the character. Also that's just being a bad actress. Yeah. Um... God. Uh, the dress is fucking ugly. Like, cosplayers Literally. do a better job. Yeah, I know cosplayers who have made Belle's dress, like, accurately, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's like, grow the fuck up also, you're a fucking actor. Yeah. Wear a corset. Million dollar, yeah, seriously. Like, a corset that would have been a popular and normal thing to wear at the time, but, oh, Emma Watson is a big old feminist, so she can't fucking wear a corset. <sighs> Sorry, Amelia, I just really, I really don't like Emma Watson. Yes, I'm tired even thinking about her. I'm tired thinking about her. I'm tired over the fact that she tried to come for Beyonce. Oh, that's weird. To sound for to sound really queer for a second. Yeah, I know. She went full fucking white feminist. She was like, I feel like Beyonce is like doing this in a really masculine manner. She's got meaning. She puts her butt out there, so clearly she can't be a feminist. But also, like, it feels. She said it feels like she was doing it for her husband, for Jay Z. For Jay-Z. For Jay-Z. For Jay-Z. <laughs> Let's just... refer to him only as Jay-Z from now. Okay, yeah, for Jay-Z. Yeah, Jay-Z and... and Beyonce. But then you realize, you're like, she's only saying that because she... Beyonce is black. Yeah. And if Beyonce was Lily Allen, yeah. which Lily Allen did, yeah. fuck Lily Allen. Okay, well, what pisses me off also is that fucking Emma Watson's recently had a photo shoot where, like, her whole titty was out, but her nipple was covered, and everyone's like, it's so brave! It's so revolutionary! My titty's out all the time. Yeah, exactly, same. Like, oh my god, Emma Watson's boob is out. Like, who gives a shit? Like, these are the same kind of people who, like, shame black women who are powerful for owning their sexuality as being, like, too sexual, too for the male gaze, but then it's okay if they have their white titty out. Well, I mean, like, I bet they also have white dreads. <laughs> Oh, white dreads. I had this guy come into my store with these really long white dreads, and I just was kind of dying inside because I was helping him. And then he leaned over, and I had to look at his scalp, and I was, like, screaming on uh, the inside. I was like, mm. There's an image of a dude getting going to a barbershop. Um, so, like, it's a predominantly it's black barbershop, uh, and this is a white dude, and he gets him to cut off his dreads. Oh, and God. it looked like a fucking rat's nest. Like, the whole thing was attached uh. to my head. Oh, my God. How I, do you... How do you let your hair get that bad. I literally went to the clinic on commercial drive for like five, I was on commercial drive for less than two minutes just to go to the clinic and I saw someone with white dreads. The first date I had with one of my exes, I was like, I, I explained to him why I hate white dreads so much and he, and like someone passed us. Like five minutes into talk, someone passed us with white dreads and I was like, 
You see? You see? <laughs> you white see dreads this? are because of academia. Yeah. No, uh, white dreads are like... Okay, maybe a little bit, but it also comes from like... The whole, like, I'm a free spirit. Well, yeah. I live in a fucking forest. Well, yeah. So that Shambhala. I eat mushrooms. Oh, my God. There is this one fucking YouTuber that my partner was, like, into watching for a little bit. I don't remember if she had white dreads or not, but she was, like, that kind of hippie. He was, like, living on a farm and shit. Was she but grace she was... neutral? No. But she was eating, like, fuck tons of pineapples a day. Like, she was one of those vegans that all she ate were, like, copious amounts of fruit. Was that the girl who only ate, like, she was like, this is my breakfast. It's Eight fucking heads of cabbage. Yes. Like, that kind of person. It's fucking wild to watch a human being put away that much food. It's fucking absurd. Like, holy moly, you should not eat ten cabbages in a row, but I guess you're going for it. Mm. Hmm. I... I feel like a lot of it is because of the... A lot of it is the white pushback. You know, there's an right. interesting thing. Okay, speaking as a mixed person who passes as white, mm-hmm. there's a white pushback against academia, and there's a non-white pushback against oh, yeah, academia. Sure. And the non-white pushback predominantly done by black and indigenous people and Latinx scholars, it's how to liberate ourselves as human beings within an academic space, how to do these things safely and keep ourselves safe. For white people, it's like, I like Asian culture. I'm going to wear blackface, and then I'm going to wear white dreads because I'm a free spirit and I'm not in academia. Well, I think... Even, like, removing yourself from the cringiest aspects of, like, white pushback against academia. I know some, like, white academics who very much take issue with the structures of it, but I think a lot of their issues are so separate from what, like, I've seen, like, people of color who are within academic spaces. Yeah. Like, their pushback is different. Like, an example to name drop someone, like, mm-hmm. Cicely Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cicely Bell is a local activist. She is one of the organizers of oh, I think Black Cicely Lives Matter. Uses they them. Pronouns. Oops, sorry. Yeah, no worries. Cicely Bell, they them there. My pro- my apologies, Cicely, if you listen. You've been named problematic of the day. Oh no, I'm a problem. It's okay. But yeah, no. Everyone so, fucks with pronouns. Yeah. So Cicely, they were one of the organizers of an event where we performed at the UBC like Nest. Mm-hmm. It's a stupid name for a thing, but they have a giant egg I've called the Nest. It. It's, it's so dumb. And then we marched to the dean's office and mm-hmm. protested at the dean's office about their mistreatment of like black students on campus. And Cicely Bell, like, they're fucking great. They stood at the office of the dean and talk to their people while their people were rude as fuck to them. Mm-hmm. Because they don't value their existence as a person of color who right. is a student, who is black, and who's a femme. And if the same thing happened with, like, primarily white students, like it happens in other places, they would get addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that a <clears throat> lot of the student organizers I know, especially the like queer student organizers who happen to be white, like, they always kind of get a little, like, pat on the back, and they get resources to, like run things within the school and stuff and they get their concerns listened to even if their concerns aren't addressed I feel like they get listened to sometimes yeah and whereas I feel like I don't know like I I do follow a lot of um like cutie BIPOC academics who are within that institution and a lot of their concerns are like I don't feel listened to in this space when I give an opinion about anything Mm -hmm. or I you know this pushback is difficult and it's difficult to listen to issues that directly surround me get treated like an anthropological like this is especially true with indigenous students i think and like native students and yep yep yeah it sucks yeah yeah it's like oh we're gonna talk about colonialism without taking into consideration that not everyone here is a settler yep Woo! emily carr yay Yay! emily carr it took me it took me over a year to find a native space in my school wow yeah so that should be like. I still don't. That's... I still don't really access it because I'm like, do I? Am I what? How do you access things? Yeah. But it's like it took me a year. That shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, that should be like fairly easy to find. Well, it is, but it's also not open a lot of the time, yeah. and I don't know. They de- my school denotes it via salmon on the wall. Ah yes. Salmon, yes. a canoe, and a painting, and then it's closed off, and you can open it. But it's like, what the fuck? I love that that's the go-to for anything, like, native-related in academia. Put a salmon on it. In here, it's, put a salmon on it. (laughs) Safe space. Safe space. Oh, God. You can tell by the salmon. I really hate the idea of a college being a safe space, too. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be. But also, I think it's going to be a safe space 
whenever a dude a dude bro asks me about it being a safe space, I'd be like, yeah, no, it's a totally safe space. Safe space. Fuck you, dude bro. <laughs> but if it's like a queer person, I'd be like, yeah, no, this is a nuanced this is, this is a nuanced God, thing. I had this one uh, feminist teacher basically say that like um, she's resistant to trigger warnings in class, but like basically shoehorned like native activists in Vancouver by being like one of them said that they don't get trigger warnings when they deal with daily violence and it's like Fuck okay off. but this is like an, an issue of like within classrooms when you're dealing with students and you don't know what the trauma status of your students are and we're going to be del- delving into some heavy topics and I think that you should be able to give people a fair warning yeah I mean people are like oh trigger warnings in academia they don't prepare you for the real world it's like we, we, already, we already fucking know what it's like in the real yeah, world yeah it sucks like, we want so one. we're asking for one thing okay can I have it's like, can some you, accommodation so that I can learn? Can you not be transphobic for one second? Can you not be a fucking piece of human garbage enough for us to learn? Can we do that? Not everyone, get, not everyone gets equal opportunities here, Craig. Craig. Fuck you, Craig. Okay, um, I guess kind of to end the episode, I just want to share a story from Poetry Slam last night. Oh, God, okay. please tell me. Was it a Manic Picture Dream Girl? No. Okay. Slurs. Lots of slurs. Um, fucking, I don't know if this person is queer or not, but it was their first time performing, and they definitely threw a, not necessarily a slur, but a way outdated trans terminology term out there. What did they say? Transvestite. Which is not a thing you should really ever be saying. No. Especially if you're not trans. Yeah. And as far as I could tell, this was not a trans person, because if they are, I think they would have a bit of a better understanding about when to use that term. And then this was, like, a poem they wrote about their, like, trans roommate, I think, which is, like, oh my That's god. That's even more exploitative. Don't write poems about other people like that and their bodies and shit. And then their second poem was... It featured the slur dyke, which I'm going to say because that's a slur that has been used against me. Um, But they kind of like threw it out without indicating one way or another if they're queer. And I feel like if you're going to write that kind of poem and use that kind of terminology, you should like make it very clear that this is the thing that you can say. So that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah, there, there is... There's another slime I went to and someone literally compared peanuts to the SS... Which, for people who don't know, the SS was the the people who um, were one of the secret polices or, like, one of the other forms of, like, police or and military police in Nazi Germany. Also responsible for, like, a lot of the rounding up of Jews and queers and whatnot and Romani people. And she was talking about using peanuts as an allegory to them. And I feel like it's a very approachably academic way of saying things because like it's like comparing one thing to another because we're in the future now and we exist in a space where we can do this and uh. it's just pseudo-academic language to back things up it's like anyone nowadays can do anything they want if they just have some kind of stupid pseudo-academic response like i don't like pc culture it's because i don't like the um quantification of words into blank 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 i don't like censorship fucking hell um uh, let's just end it on the note that non-Jews should not ever be talking like making allegories about the Holocaust I feel like I feel like no I feel like yeah no I feel like non-Jews shouldn't be doing that we shouldn't be comparing genocides yeah um and also like academia isn't for anyone yeah (laughs) isn't for everyone sorry apologies academia is for no one fuck everyone it's for nobody (laughs) nobody goes to school don't do it (laughs) we are determining this now us queers no but like academia is a thing that like if you're thinking about getting into it take a long hard look at yourself and be like, do I really want to spend this much money and right. this much emotional energy and time to doing this when Bill Murray is out there being useless? You use that energy to say fuck you to Bill Murray. That's something you could be doing Yeah, you could, just, you could tweet Bill Murray and be like, yo, Bill Murray, you're a fucking piece of human you garbage. You do that 20 times a day every day instead of going to school. <laughs> no, but like you could you could be doing things in your life, life without school. Right. I mean, necessarily you won't have the same opportunities, but also like... Same is said for if you're in school instead of making, like, connections. Yeah, you miss opportunities. It's all about, like, it's all about doing what you think is right. Right. Trying to not burn out. Do whatever you think is right and healthy for you. And saying fuck you to Bill Murray. Yeah. Also, yeah, if you're considering school and you're in the arts specifically, like, go talk to somebody who has gone through that experience and give, ask for their honest opinion about whether or not you should go. Because people have come forward to me and been like, should I go to Emily Carr? And I, I'll be like... Knowing what I know about you and your practice, no. <laughs> yeah, and if you are going to go anyways, take it slow. Take it don't, slow. Don't be afraid. Okay to take five years to graduate. Yeah, or like six, or, or like whatever. whatever. Or like fuck, one long. million years. You'll be fine You'll as be long fine. as you're not Bill Murray. Become immortal like Keanu Reeves. Take one million years to graduate. 
take every class they offer. That'd be fucking weird. That'd be weird as hell. Don't do that. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us on the Discourse Vi. No problem. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, if anybody out there has some discourse that they would like to discourse with me, please send your discourse to discourse page on Facebook.com. You know the drill. Um, if I don't... I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to regularly post episodes again. I want to have a more consistent schedule at work and I'm not sure if that's going to happen until after June so until then I'm just going to post like the occasional episode when I can and then I'll get back to a more regular schedule um support on Patreon you can support me on Patreon if you want no pressure I understand the show is kind of a mess right now it's cool we'll get there one day it's cool um anyway thanks again and until next time until next time fuck Bill Murray fuck Bill Murray and stay discoursing bye